This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, Nick Gillard and Dr. Kernes. Thank you so much for joining me in the studio. There is so much to talk about where Palace are concerned. They are riding high in the top fourth. They are elated, let me add, over these back-to-back wins. We're going to be talking about can they carry on this momentum after the international break. Talking very quickly about the international break, England are playing playing as we speak. They went 1-0 down to a very early goal. A Michael Keane error there. Valon Berisha scored for Kosovo, but Michael Keane made up. He managed to get the head down for Raheem Sterling, who made it 1-1 at Southampton and St Mary's. We will keep you up to date where everything is concerned with the Free Lions. 10 years unbeaten, the Free Lions. 42 European and World Cup qualifying games we haven't lost. Hopefully we'll continue that run. It is 1-1 there, but... This is the Palace Fan Show. We only want to know, we only want to talk about things that concern the Eagles fans. It is the international break. Back-to-back wins. It probably came at the wrong time for Palace, although maybe they can, Roy will work some magic, continue that momentum. They are playing Spurs this week. Spurs have not been great. It's a London derby. It's a big clash. We're going to be talking all about that. And I'm delighted to say we will be talking to Neil Shipperley because we very important. We want to talk about the sponsored walk for Palace for Life Foundation. That's going to come up in just a little bit. Let's start, though. Fourth, Nick is celebrating. He's giving me the big four with his fingers, yeah, a visual aid. You are uh, delighted that you are fourth, Crystal Palace. What's nice about the international break? No Premier League games, Nick. That table can't change. I imagine every other day or every other hour, you've been giving that a little glance and enjoying it, haven't you? I have, and I've been reminded a lot of it on Twitter. So well done, everyone, <laughs> for keeping it going. The fans of other clubs are very quiet. West Ham are quiet, buoyant, but you know they're not giving it as large as perhaps <laughs> they would do if it was Arsenal ahead of them. It's just fantastic. And uh, England have just scored. England have just scored, Nick. Well, just as I do try to uh, get onto the Eagles because they are riding high, England have scored again. It seems like Kosovo maybe have invited a lot of in pressure, almost slightly folding after that goal. Who else but Harry Kane? He's done it again. The fastest man 
uh, the second fastest man to reach 25 goals for England since Gary Lineker. Now he has his next goal. 2-1 England. Maybe this game has been put to bed because they look frightening after going 1-0 down. England 2-1. Harry Kane, the scorer. An assist for Sterling. So again, Sterling on another planet. But Nick, you are fourth. You're reminding Twitter. I know uh, you've had an interesting week on Twitter with a few things you've said. A few fans giving you a little bit stick. All in uh, maybe a jest of good fun. But hopefully you've you've had time to remind them that Crystal Palace are fourth and they did get those back-to-back wins and ultimately it's only wins that matter. I told the Villa fans, all 7,468 who seem to reply to the uh, the clip that Love Sports so kindly put out last week. Look, at the end of the day, I'm going to say that he dived because I'm a Palace fan. They're going to say he didn't because they're Villa fans. It swings and roundabouts. VAR wasn't involved, which is superb. It's how football should be. I hope they get their swings and roundabouts moment. But if they're anything like Palace, they might have to wait four years for it. Well, this is it because Roy Hodgson said the idea and he said we shouldn't feel sorry for Aston Villa. We shouldn't feel you know frustrated for them. You know, Talking at the overall game, Crystal Palace deserved that three points. They deserved their win. And the ref had already blown his whistle before that action was taking place. Just might I add, DR back in the studio, away. <laughs> He's a, he left us in the lurch. He's been in Turkey. He's got a beautiful tan. Now you're back putting us right on all things Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's freezing. First of all, it's freezing. <laughs> still, got coat. still got his coat on. Exactly. I, I'm just. I have to get used to the weather here. Um, but look, decisions have gone against us in the past, so it just balances out. I think in a, in the long run, Aston Villa will probably get a decision like that. And also, if we did concede that goal, that would have been so harsh. Even in Palace terms, like we should have won that game, and we did win that game. But yeah, if we, I was actually nervous for a bit, I was like, seriously, did we actually concede a goal? And it was a bit confusing in the stadium, but. Overall, if you look at the game as a whole, we deserve that win. DR, as much as we, you know, we say it in jest, we like to joke, is it sustainable? How much is it sustainable, this good run that Crystal Palace are on? Because wins, it, it only breeds your confidence, you know. Success breeds success. One win turns into two wins. We were almost worried before the Man United game, like, when's a win coming from? We've looked a bit shaky. You go to Old Trafford, then you win your next home game. The, these things do happen like that, don't they? It's, it's so weird. Like, personally, I'm actually shocked. Like, when in what I look, sense sorry dear like, we lost against Sheffield United and then we go to United mm. beat them then we lose at Colchester at home and play awful you did I, make was it 10 changes though what, what? yeah we did but still there were first team players out there that were capable like more than capable enough and also it wasn't purely down to the players people frustrated at tactics and then the following game against Villa pre-game people saw frustrated because we went with the same lineup against United away from home against Aston Villa and we managed to get a result. It's just all a bit confusing. Like tactically, it's like you beat United at away from home, then you lose to Colchester, then you beat Aston Villa at home. So yeah, it's just I think but we'll see in the long run how we'll go, but um I, I'm not I'm not that that convinced that it'll continue. What know? was good about the Villa uh result was the amount of uh possession we had. Normally we're very, very low on possession and, and try and get through on the break and perhaps I'll talk to the Tottenham guy when he's on later about how perhaps Roy might set up or how he thinks Roy should set up against his Tottenham team. Um, but yeah, you were in the um, HF with me for the Colchester game mm. and we were going to talk about atmospheres. I'm, England are playing at St Mary's. Mm. I went to Wembley on Saturday. I got given tickets. I, I wouldn't pay it to go and see England, sorry, unless it was a big qualifying game. Um, can, I, can I ask why, Nick, why you wouldn't pay to go to England? I, I don't know. I was there and there wasn't an atmosphere. Mm. A lot of people argue about this atmosphere and we, we are talking about it in this segment, but is that 
not because it's England. Is that because the way Wembley, the infrastructure is built? Because Tottenham, very cleverly, this new stadium, you know, a lot of these new stadiums, they've got this big corporate ring in the circle. You know, the lower tiers and the, the upper tiers, they, they almost can't hear each other from upstairs and downstairs. Does Wembley have this problem? Because you never can seem to hear people who are just sitting at the other end of the stadium. It's, it's quite bizarre. I, I honestly don't think so. I've been to one England game mm. and no lie, the game that I did go to, I nearly fell asleep. And was that it, because that, of the football that yeah, was being played? No, it or the was the atmosphere, and it was the atmosphere mainly, not the football. The football was fine. It was just the atmosphere. It's just, I don't think it's the infrastructure. Um, I know we'll talk about it, but I went to a game in Turkey and uh, Fenerbahce, and you compare it to Palace, which we seem to have like the best atmosphere in the Premier League. Personally, no bias <laughs> included. But and you I'd, go to a lot of grounds, Dr. So you're not, yeah. you're not kind of. Yeah, I just think it's a cultural thing. I just think that's it. Like even in England, teams still like. I think it was on your ticket where you can't actually wear uh, your club's uh, colours yeah. at the game. In Turkey, it's not like that. Like, people come together and they realise that with, for the national team, that it doesn't matter if you support Fenerbahce or Galatasaray, people do come together. They at the put stadium. their rivalries yeah. aside for exactly. that game. But yeah. in England, the fact that you can't wear your club colours and go into the game, it just shows that I don't think people are at it like, together in the stadium. Well, talking of... Uh Nick, you mentioned that England are playing tonight at Southampton. We asked on an earlier show, uh, there's been a lot made to this game uh, being played at Southampton. The FA are saying that it's nice to move it around uh, the country because fans who can't travel on a Tuesday, on a school night, can get to see their England heroes, which is a valid argument and I understand it, but they haven't moved it up north. It's just as hard for them to get to the south coast than it is to London. Uh, A lot of cynics are saying that uh, the FA have moved it because, you know, no disrespect to Kosovo, but it really wouldn't sell out Wembley. Southampton, mm. you know, less capacity is easier to, s- to sell. I was asking, and James Howard, you'd be pleased to know, tweeted in, uh, texted in, sorry. I said, is it disrespectful to Kosovo? Because it's a big night for them. It's disrespectful to their fans, to their FA. You know, they've seen the draw being made. They want a night out of Wembley. And now they find out the game's being played at Southampton. Is there an argument to that, Nick? I can see what where he's coming from. Um... Yeah, if I was Kosovo, I'd want to play at Wembley. Of course you would. Mm. Um, the thing is, we when Wembley was being rebuilt, uh, football did go all over the country. I remember it being at Sunderland. Yeah. It was played. Villa, you know, yeah, Leeds, all Old over Trafford. The, all over the country. Mm. And that was good because everybody from all over the country could, could be easier for them to get to. I thought the sole point of Wembley was to be the focus for England games again. So, so where's that got lost in the selling of the stadium? Mm. What's happening... With the stadium being sold, I mean, there's a whole lot we could dig deep into, yeah. but I'm, I'm not going to here. But I, I do think it's good that they move around yeah. because you, you're, you're going to get a lot of Southampton fans that are already together as a fan base anyway. That will just say. Well, they do move around. I think it's nice to let the kids go, but it's, again, it's another one. Let's look at a Palace perspective. Then, would you like to see European qualifiers maybe at Selhurst Park rather than Wembley? Dr. Um, no, I think if it's played in London. You, it would make sense for it to be yeah. played at a bigger stadium such as Arsenal or, you know... Or Wembley, the or home of England. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> like, apart from Wembley... Yeah, no, yeah, I but, know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, not at Palace, but talking about uh, international football, in Turkey, that's the same as well now. It's like... They're moving it around. Day, yeah, back in the day, they used to mainly play in Istanbul. They did play there in Besiktas Stadium the other day, but they play out, out of Istanbul now, and it actually... The atmosphere in Istanbul isn't bad, but away from Istanbul is much better. It's because much better. they've been deprived exactly. of seeing their national exactly. side for so, years. So maybe this could work in England's favour where it goes to Southampton. And I think, as Nick said, it should move around way more than Wembley. 
um, just for the fans' sake. I feel like there's people out there up north that are more passionate than pe- some people in London, unfortunately. Mm. And, you know, England, the actual team might benefit from it. Well, we say a lot of things, Nick, are London-centric, and that's what people's argument. If, if, if it's a big event, it has to be in London, but it doesn't have to be in London, does it? No, not at all. Not at all. Manchester, you know, there's, there's lots of other places. Well, let's talk. Uh, we want to keep the Eagles perspective. This mm. is the Crystal Palace fan show. Uh, it is the international break. Zaha pulled out of uh, the Ivory Coast squad. He's uh, cited due to personal reasons. Ivory Coast is saying he is boycotting the national team. DR, firstly, what do you make of this? It's hard, really, to talk about because you don't know what's going on. Apparently, it's due to personal reasons and someone from Zaha's camp did actually come out and say that. And I feel like the mood at Ivory Coast right now is that he did boycott, but I'm, Why I'm, would he do that? They had a long yeah, exactly. African I'm, Cup of Nations. It's, it's, when you don't know nothing about the story apart from personal reasons, it's really hard to say because it doesn't... Well, but, but come out of his camp. Maybe it's because they had him intense over there that he thought, oh dear, so I'm going back to England. Yeah, but he's been, jokes aside, though, he has played for Ivory Coast before. Like, yeah, it's he not, it, it's, He's not the type to boycott. He loves his football, but, so it's confusing. Maybe it is just personal reasons and there's a misunderstanding well, on the Ivory Coast side. Pepe at Arsenal plays for Ivory Coast. He's pulled out of the squad. He wants to get up, running with Arsenal, work on his personal fitness. It's not the most important games after the Cup of Nations. It's not really been a big talking point, but this Zaha one and the national side, and where you're going, it always seems a bit of a saga, doesn't it? And it lingers over. There, there seems to be, maybe it's an element of clickbait. Wherever Zaha's name is, we know this story is yeah. going to brew up and be a bubble. Is, is that true, Nick? Yeah, definitely. He's... he's and number one, isn't he? And um, Puma have him, you know, he was a, a big reason for Puma coming to Palace. And one of the reasons I think he's actually still there, I think, you know, reading between the lines, there might be something contractual there between Puma and Zaha. So they've got that face. I, 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 honestly, I don't think that's, I don't think it's Puma and Zaha's case. I feel like it's just personal reason. We don't know what's going on. It's personal. Mm. He's not going to come out in public and say, oh, look, this has happened. He's put out, out an explanation there and it's up to people in Ivory Coast believe it or not like he can't do anything else than say it. he maybe he doesn't have to say his personal reasons he just says it so he just says that he has problems and he's pulled out well DR we said that the international break maybe came at the wrong time for Palace because they did get those back-to-back mm. wins but from a player perspective maybe it was the right time for Zaha because you know he was a little bit rusty you know, he came back late from the African Cup of Nations now he's got two weeks work on his recovery no matches integrate himself more with the Palace side it could be a good point uh, from a Palace's side of things can't it yeah it's not only Zaha as well it's he's uh, looking at the training videos and photos, Mamadi Sako, he seems uh, he seems in it. Um, I think I saw James Tompkins as well. I don't I don't think he'll be ready for the Tottenham game, but he's been in it. So yeah, it's just getting together as a group and you know the players that were injured, they have a chance now to prove their worth to Roy and let's see what happens over the weekend. Now Roy's got a good headache, Cahill and Sako, and you got Martin Kelly. So yeah, it's good for the actual team. Well, you mentioned it there, that Tottenham game, that London derby. We are, of course, going to be talking all about that later. We'll be getting the opposition view, but I'm delighted to say Neil Shipley will be joining us next. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, Nick Gillard and Dr. Kernaz. Of course, we're of course looking at the England game tonight. Two one, they are beating Kosovo down in Southampton at St Mary's. Two one, they did go one nil down, but goals from Sterling and Kane have got them back in the lead to continue that brilliant unbeaten 42 game run. Ten years since England lost a qualifier, and we've been asking. At 
love sport. Who is more important to England, Harry Kane or Raheem Sterling? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 258. But we have to turn our attention to everything where the Eagles are concerned. I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by Neil Shipley, ex-Palace legend. Neil, thank you again for joining us and giving us a little bit of your time. Always a delight to have you on. Last time we spoke, we was a bit worried where Palace's next win was going to come from. Where were the goals going to come from? You, of course, know all about that. Since then, uh, Neil, they beat Man United at Old Trafford. Then they beat Villa. Maybe it was you. Maybe it was a good omen. <laughs> How impressed with you how they've turned things around? Yeah, first of all, good evening. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, we were worried about the goals, but you know, end of the day, some it had to sort of change, you know. And, and we were thinking, is it going to be Benteke? Is it going to be Jordan Ayew? Is it going to be Conor Wickham? So all these names about, and and one of them had to do it. And I'm absolutely delighted that he, he's got a couple of goals now, Jordan Ayew. He looks a different player, you know. Forwards, it is all about confidence, and and. You think now every time he gets on the pitch, he'll be thinking the same. That he's going to have a chance of nicking a goal. It's, it's great. Neil, did did the international break maybe come at the wrong time for Palace? If there is such a, a thing as coming at the wrong time. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Possibly, but we won't know, will we? We we know on Saturday. See how they all feel uh, going up against Spurs and stuff. But but I just think the confidence is there. Uh, most of them will be away on international duty. It's just one of them things you can't you can't plan. You know you, you can't plan anything around all these stuff. And and I'm, I'm just delighted. He's got a couple of goals, Jordan Ive. Neil, uh, delighted to get you on because one of the reasons we, uh, one of the things we want to talk about, shall I say, is uh, the marathon march for Palace for Life Foundation that you will be taking part in the studio. How excited are you to take part in this great event again? Yeah, it's a great course. I mean, it's, there really is proof in the pudding, as they say. You know, you, you go and do the walk, and then you meet everyone after, and you hear all the stories about that they changing lives and, and, and stuff. And it, it, you know, there's a girl called Angel who uh, I think she wanted to run the whole lot last year, but she she's the one. She's up in the executive boxes, uh, 
sort of uh, greeting everyone and she's always got a smile on her face and, and she weren't in a great position uh, a few years ago. So, you know, sometimes you do these things or you take an interest, but, you know, to actually see what's going on as well, what they actually do, it, it's, it's brilliant. Hello, Neil, how are you doing? It's Nick here. Um, you've, you've been at a few clubs, haven't you? What, what's the community sense at Palace like compared to those clubs? Because it, it really does seem that with the foundation that we are reaching places other teams might not be. Yeah, evening, Nick. Yeah, good to see you, mate. Uh, good to speak, yeah. Yeah, it, it does happen, but I just feel Palace are a little bit more, you know, a bit special with, with, with this. I mean, when I played, we, you know, I got reminded, I, I'd done something, some woman said to me the other day, oh, do you remember when you come and saw the kids and we'd done this stuff and, you know, and, you know, and so you do do these things as a player, but this one, I think everyone's really got behind it and to compare it with other clubs, uh, again, you do do it. I mean, we used to go around the hospitals at Christmas and stuff, which I always found really hard. It's, it's horrible to see see kids uh, ill and that. So, but clubs do do it, but I don't think they do it to the longevity that this this Palace for Life Foundation is, is really going to go for. You know, it, it's it's really changing changing lives straight away. So, what would you recommend as a good kind of uh, training routine for those who want to sign up? I'll give the details for it in a minute. Oh, own goal there from Kosovo. Sorry, mate, we've, we've got the football on here as well. It's a bit of a live thing. Um, what, what advice would you give for training and um, diet-wise as well for the day? Well, these, these proper people, they do it for the 26 miles. I, uh, I only joined for the last 12. Now, whether I can finally go and do a 26, uh, you probably won't know this year. I'm probably going to bottle it. But I will do the 12. My personal uh, thing is I don't train. You know, it's uh, something you just have to build yourself up for. And if you are struggling, then the route that I take is is via a few pubs down <laughs> Chiswick and, and on the uh, on the on the on the Fulham Road and stuff. So uh, yeah, we we I've done it with AJ. We were the last across the line, I think. You know, I've, I've sported it now. I was going to say AJ was taking me to all these pubs, but I've sort of let the secret go. <laughs> but we we were sort of uh, having a chat and having a, f- a few beers as we go along. But but the ones who do the twenty six really do deserve the uh, you know credit. I mean, I would I do twelve? I think I'm it's still better than Andy Gray. I think he sort of goes and does about three miles and then then shoots off. So uh, what, if what? you get him on the show, let's uh, give him a bit of stick. <laughs> Whatever Andy Gray does, he gets injured, doesn't he? Do you remember when he was playing football for the foundation and and got absolutely crippled by somebody, didn't he? That limped off and caught yeah. a pitch. So, to be um, fair, I don't think he was faking that one. To be honest, I think mean, I think everyone heard his sort of knee snapping too. I think that was a that was a real one. But I know, I know on these walks he does a little bit and then goes off. So uh, I'll probably take the 12 miles this year again. And then the, the year after, I'll probably uh, I'll have a bash with the big boys. Well, it is a really important marathon march for Palace for Life Foundation. Please help uh, support any way you can. Neil, thanks for talking about that. Let's quickly turn our attentions to the Premier League, which is back this week. Uh, a massive clash against Spurs, a London derby. Uh, I would argue a good time to maybe be playing Spurs. They've not looked great. They've not, you know, they've not been in the, the, their top form, shall we say. They look quite vulnerable. Palace have those back-to-back wins. What are you expecting this weekend, Neil? Well, I think we'd, we'd do what we normally do. I mean, certainly the Man United game, anyone watching that, apart from Palace fan, you know, how we won that is still pretty uh, remarkable. But that is football. You know, they miss a penalty, they have loads of chances and we nick one at the end. Now, can we do it again? 
I, I think we'd set off the same where we, I don't think we'd just go straight at Spurs and go for them. I think Roy naturally sets up as if we're going to counter-attack and, and I think that's what we do. But we have got the quality going forward now. You know, Wilf still really to, to really hit the form that obviously you can show. Um, so I'm absolutely sure that's going gonna, to gonna happen. But we've got a striker now. If we give him the ball or give him a chance, I fancy him to take it. So, and we haven't been saying that for a long, long time. So, going forward now, you know, if we don't get a goal, I, I think everyone will probably be quite surprised. How much of a difference is it going to make, Neil? Because I'm, I'm, we're watching Harry Kane play. Obviously, other Scotland, uh, Scotland, Tottenham players have been involved in international matches this week. We've had uh, James McCarthy. You've got to be careful now, haven't you? Pulled yeah. out the Ireland Ireland squad. Wilf didn't play for. Um, the Ivory Coast. Is that deliberate from Roy to get the training in and how much will it disrupt um, Pochettini's sort of routine for, for getting his team ready Cause against a, a difficult Palace team? Well, they're all class players, yeah. I, I, I don't really buy into all this, like, you know, it's just when manager win, manager's a month and they always go and lose and the international breaks. I mean, you know, they're, they're professional players. If we, if we win, we would win on merit. I don't think it would be any of this if we win and then, oh, we've had too many games and stuff. I just don't really buy into it. I just think we're full of confidence. Uh, Spurs, you know, they've not, not really hit the form that they probably want. So I think you're right. Probably is a good time to play them. But it's just, you know, momentum in football is massive. And for us to get the win at Old Trafford, you could tell, you know, the Villa, Villa game, you know, we, we definitely deserve to win that. So we're... We want a high, and uh, why not go to Spurs in a positive, positive manner? I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Hi, Neil. Do you think we can continue this? I don't know if it's a form or not because we beat we beat United and we lost to Colchester, so then we beat Villa at home. Do you think we can continue this? I don't think. I think all Palace fans agree that we won't probably remain fourth. But is there a chance that this season we could actually go and finish top seven, go have Europa League football? Wow, what a statement you have to <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to believe, oh, exactly. Neil. Don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> well, yeah, there's dreaming and there's being silly. I mean, no, <laughs> come on. We've we got to be realistic here. I, I just feel we all thought we didn't sign many players. We're all a bit of a doom and gloom and we, we're going to get points where we don't get points. I think that's that's sums up you know any Palace fan listening to this you know why why should they be surprised this is how Palace work we go and win when we should win and we lose uh, when, we, when we should win the Colchester game I wouldn't take that seriously you know the players are out there they, they should have done better you know is it that none of them can knock on uh, Roy's door and say you know why am I not playing when, you, when they have a chance against Colchester so the Premiership now is, is proven that's where everyone wants to be and uh, and I'm sure when the, the team gets announced and, and go out at three o'clock, it, it's going to be a good game. And, and I think we can continue this. So I really do, really do. For the, for the meantime, I'm not going to start shouting off fourth and, and seventh, but I just want us to get as high up as possible when we do have that little blip where you know all clubs are going to have, we've got enough uh, behind us to cushion the fall kind of thing. Well, Neil, last time we spoke to you, uh, it was things were looking slightly bleak, shall we say. We did speak to you. Palace have had two wins back-to-back, so who knows what the next two games will bring. Neil, though, as a, uh, to have you on is an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time tonight. We always enjoy chatting to you on the Crystal Palace Fan Show. We wish you well, and we hope that we speak to you again soon in the future. 
Yeah, no worries. All right. Cheers, chaps. Thanks for having me. Take care, Neil. Neil Shipley there, Palace legend. Uh, Let's just quickly touch before before we move on. Just quickly, England. uh, Well, I was going to say 3-1 to a horrific own goal uh, by Kosovo. Not quite sure what he was doing. Went to clear it, put the ball in the back of his net. And uh, as I was going to give you that update, England have scored again. It is 4-1. Let us not forget, England were 1-0 down tonight to Kosovo at Southampton in St Mary's but they are now 4-1 up and it is that man Jadon Sancho Jadon Sancho who was benched by Gareth Southgate on the weekend Jadon Sancho who has had a blistering start in the Bundesliga this year with Borussia Dortmund he has now scored he is 4-1 up DR is smiling I'm not quite sure oh, why it's, it's Jadon not Jadon oh is it? yeah Oh, all right, Jaden. All right, come get my... Oh, there you go. I've been told. <laughs> I've been told. Do you know why I say that? Because I said Jaden before, and someone said it's Jadon because it's D O N, and I got told it was Jadon. But we'll go with Jaden. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Jaden. All right, if he we'll tweets see. in yeah. that, if he tweets in at half time and said it's Jadon, D R, you in that coat, you all better right. protect me. All right, <laughs> just call him Jay. Well, well uh, no one calls him Jay. That's just, uh, we're going off. Yeah, we're going off. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> it is 4-1 to England. A brilliant comeback. It is not even half-time. We're going to be talking all about that game and we're going to be looking at all things where Palace are concerned next. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joining the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, DR Kernaz, Nick Gillard. Just quickly, England, they were 1-0 down to Kosovo. Under one minute to a Kosovo side who are unbeaten since 2017. England, who are unbeaten in the qualifiers for 10 years, 42 qualifying games. Well, they have scored again. Nick said it would happen. It is now 5-1. It is not even half-time. 1-0 down, now 5-1 up. I get a chance to redeem myself because Jaden Sancho scored again. One minute after he got England's fourth goal, he got England's fifth goal, and it's 5-1. DR's still smiling at me. Now he might say <laughs> that it's not Sancho, it's, it's something else. No, I don't no, know. no, no, it's right. It's right. It's, oh, right. Smiling, it, yeah. I thought he was going to yeah. pick me up on something. <laughs> no, no. I thought we were friends, if I'm honest. But <laughs> if you do that again on air, I mean, there will be serious, serious problems. But this is the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Just quickly before we we move on, I wanna I wanna go back to what we were mainly talking about with Neil Shipley, and it is the marathon march for Palace for Life Foundation. Nick, how just important is this for you? Personally, last year I thought I was gonna die walking <laughs> halfway up Snowdon. Halfway up Snowdon, the family were gonna leave me there and collect me on the way back, and I generally thought that would be the end of me. And I thought I've got to do something about it. Mikey, the producer of Back of the Nest at backofthenest.com, um, nice. <laughs> suggested that we do this just mm. to raise our profile. And actually, we raised three grand last year um, as a podcast towards the course. And I did a training. I did four miles every other day. Got, you know, I had the dog. That helped. Um, and I actually walked 26 miles, which everybody laughed at me and my family when I said I was going to do it. So for a personal for achievement, you, yeah. it was brilliant. So there is that. The walk is beautiful. You get to make lots of mates. You get to chat with ex-stars. And you do see the good it does. Yeah, from I mean, from a foundation perspective, how important are these events? Do you know? it, it, it's like the, uh, the marquee event of the year. They do lots of other things. They do cycle rides. I know they, they're involved in London to Brighton. And lots and lots of other fundraising stuff. I've sorted out somebody from the foundation to actually come on a week before the march oh, to nice. give us full details and talk. Bit well we push. can give a, a big plug then let's move back to eagles news sean derry appointed academy coach di is this an appointment you're happy with 
Yeah, um, it's good to have former players back um, at the club. Is you know players who actually understand what the club means to the fans, and it's not only Sean there. We've had we we've got other former players that have taken role in um, in academy levels, and I think it's good. Um, Sean Derry, when he joined the club, when I was reading about it, it's mainly for him to actually share his experience for the youngsters and how they could go to the first team and what they what they could expect. And just small things like that could make a big difference for someone. You never know how they could react. You know, going to the first team, some players may, might struggle and having a player like Sean, who's done it before and at the club, it's, it, I think it's, good, it's a good experience. Not only someone who's been there and done it and you can look... Look what Sean achieved. We can go on and do it. But, you know, when you make simple mistakes coming up as a young star and you, you want to try to avoid, you know, those silly pitfalls, those trap doors that you can fall down, how brilliant is it that you've got someone who has been there and done it, Nick, and Sean can just say, look, just watch that. Watch out for this. Don't worry about that because in five years you're not going to care about this. Just you keep keep your head straight on, you know, concentrate on the football. How key is that aspect of it? Of course, it's essential, isn't it? Because if, if your head's not in the right place and you can't move on from making mistakes, you know, back to me teacher, quote for the week, <laughs> but that's what you tell the kids. If you're not making mistakes, you're not learning anything. Mm. And it's actually transmitting that. But what I like about the appointment is Sean was, he left, then he came back. He buys into the Palace ethos. He's been out there. My mate, uh, Nick Rain is a avid Notts County fan. He was absolutely gutted when he left there because he said it was the best thing to happen to them for years. And look look where they are now. They're in, you know, since they lost him. Cambridge United, same story. The fans didn't want him to go. Financial, you know, and other constraints meant he went back. I'm not sure whether it's a step backwards for him. Part of me thinks it's contingency for later on with Roy. I don't I, I'll come in. Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't, don't think he has do you, a chance. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> if we, you can expand on that, Nick. You're but, saying continues. You've seen if Crystal Palace get rid of Roy, Sean's there just to, in the meantime, almost, or to actually be at the club and and be there and be ready. Should he should he be needed? I'm not saying that they they'd get rid of Roy for Sean, but you know maybe bring him into the the training as well. I, I think he's had managerial experience. If we do go down, yeah. perhaps that's when he could step in. Who knows? That's, that's quite you know, a big. That's quite a big statement to, to say, Nick. I I disagree. I, Dr. You... I, yeah, I disagree as well. I just don't see it happening. I feel like someone. Yes, he has experience um, managing. As you mentioned, he's he's coached at Notts County, Cambridge United, and Oxford United. So he has he does have the coaching pedigree. But I just feel like he just hasn't got enough enough experience for him to make that step up to the first team yet. And also he joined um, looking at the academy side of things. So I think it would be too big of a jump for him to go from academy to first team, especially if we're in the Premier League. Maybe if we do go down, but even then, I just don't see it happening. What he does have going for him, he is a leader. He was part of Dougie's team of leaders that Dougie put together. So that will stand him in good stead. Well, there's no nonsense with Sean, but Nick, would you say that this is what teams do. They plan that far in ahead. If if Roy doesn't necessarily bode well, and we are talking about this after those back-to-back wins, are you saying that, you know, let's get things in place. Let's get little certain pieces of the furniture because maybe Sean could be one who could step in in the interim. Well, he, he could be learning the ropes and, and sort of readapting to the Crystal Palace way. Maybe we're getting the old Liverpool boot room promote from within. Who knows? It would be nice if we could if we could do something like that rather than just searching for somebody from outside the club who's going to change everything. And, you know, if, if you can keep things going the same all the time, like Swansea did 
and they went through four or five different managers, but they kept the same playing ethos. If if we could get some con- continuity like that, it'd be brilliant rather than a sharp difference with different managers going from Frank de Boer to um, Neil Warnock, and you know it's well. We have had back-to-back wins at Palace under Roy. Are you saying to me then you're still not overly one with Roy at the minute? And and, and I know you have had a question. We've had a question in uh, about the January transfer window. Everyone, even if they are okay with Roy, they are. The main thing is Palace are a little bit struggling. That They wouldn't necessarily trust Roy to be the one spending the money if there is funds in the January transfer window. Is that right, they are? I think it's not... It's... Yeah, but it's not only Roy spending money, is it? It's just the sporting director, mm. uh, Dougie Friedman, Steve Parrish, uh, and Roy. So I feel like everyone has their contributions to it. But it's just every time I speak about Roy, I just, he just makes me look like a fool. So there's no <laughs> point. It's like it's if not- I yeah, if I if I praise him, th- there's a big chance that we don't have a shot against Tottenham. And if I doubt him, we might go and beat Tottenham three 0 away from home. It's just it's confusing, Roy. It's, it's like he has been consistent. But you don't really, you don't really see it. If you just look at the wins, uh, draws, and losses over the over a period of time, it's not the worst thing ever. But if you look at game by game and back to back games, it's just, it's just, it feels so inconsistent. But yeah, it's so weird to explain. Roy's time at Palace. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Roy out or anything like no, that. I'm know, just yeah. saying that we're actually embedding somebody who's going to be there for a bit, rather than oh, Roy's gone. What do we do now? What is the general consensus? What is the general feeling towards Roy? Because to me, it seems that I would have Nick smiling. To me, it seems mixed. Nick, can you expand? It just depends what the last result was, really. It's that simple. (laughs) Is that fickle? Is that fickle? Really? Yeah. So basically, uh, Roy Hodgson's managerial time at Crystal Palace, would it be fair to say, is almost on a knife edge? I think... Palace fans get a bit excitable at times. And we did, you know, we, we haven't played the best football, but you look at the league table from January, February, we're right up there, top five somewhere, aren't exactly. we? Exactly. You get some so, results. <laughs> and, when you look results. At, and when you look at the football that we do play, it's like we're always comparing every week. But when you, as Nick said, if you look at our 2019 record, I think we are in like top four, top Fourth or fifth is it in, sustainable? In the they are. That's the question we're asking on Love Sport. Uh, that's the thing. I'm not too sure with Roy. It just depends. But if you're well, you're saying with Roy, but if we're going on a calendar year 2019, mm. that's the man you've had in charge for that calendar year. And if you're in the top four, top five, it is sustainable because Roy's it, got you there. This is this is the argument I don't understand. Yeah. You're saying, well, we get results. Well, that's that's what you're after, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just consistent. It, it just depends on the week that we play. Like against look against Sheffield United, great example. Yeah. No, Sheffield United, we we couldn't play football. We really couldn't play football, and it was just embarrassing. We've had these players at the club for how long, and they still couldn't play together. Then you go to United, I old you go United and play them at Old Trafford, and you manage to win. Like you manage to beat United at Old Trafford, and then. You lose to Colchester. I know there's lots. Of, it's just so inconsistent. Like it's, it's not. It's just it's, hard. <laughs> but it's also the Palace way, and it always has been, and that's why we're so ingrained with it. That's we, our we culture. Can't, we, would we you would can't. you sacrifice the win at United for beating the teams you should beat at Sheffield United because you don't get no. the elation? Well, there no, you go. It balances out. Yeah, well, it balances out. We lost against Sheffield United, and then we beat we beat Manchester United at Old Trafford. Well, you still got the three points. Like you, like it's still balanced out. That's why we're fourth. Well, you did lose against Man United, but you do play Spurs this weekend. It is a massive London clash, a big derby. Spurs aren't in the greatest form. We're going to be hearing from Ricky Sachs all about how Tottenham are feeling ahead of this clash when we get the opposition view next. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio.
You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, Nick Gillard and DR Kernas. Of course, it is England planned tonight in a European qualifier. They are unbeaten in 10 years when it comes to European and world qualifying. 42 games. That will be extended to 43 games because England are 5-1 up. They were 1-0 down inside a minute. But wow, did they turn it around. 5-1 for England there, Dan in South but this is the Crystal Palace fan show. Premier League is back this weekend. The international break is over. Palace have back-to-back wins. They take that momentum into a massive clash against Spurs this weekend. Spurs, m- mixed form, you know, mixed results. But, you know, they're maybe peaking at the right time. Some would argue that point against Man City and Arsenal, two very good points. Tough teams, tough places to go away from home. And we know what they can do at home. Delighted to say we are now joined on the line uh, with Ricky Sachs from Last Word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, who is also part of the Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Radio, 7 till 9. Ricky, delighted you've joined us and given us a little bit of your time. Massive London clash this weekend. How were Spurs feeling going into this game on, uh, on the weekend? Well, firstly, cheers, chaps. Hope you're all well. Joe, it's been a mixed couple of weeks for Spurs in terms of the breakaway. We've obviously had players doing very well on international duty. And we've come firmly back down to earth with the news today that Giovanni Lachelso is going to be missing now for a period looking like it's going to be towards the end of October. So all of Spurs' summer signings have either been injured or out on loan. So it hasn't really gone to plan so far. And it's been a sluggish start, obviously, Chaz, as you know, being on your show Spurs haven't really hit the heights so far. I mean, they've had a couple of decent away results. You maybe sound paper with City and Arsenal, where maybe on reflection at the start of a season, you said you take a point at Arsenal, you probably would. Point away at City, you would. But, you know, to have that defeat to Newcastle, it, it really did spoil what was, you would say maybe it would have been a decent start. But, you know, opportunity now against Crystal Palace. It won't be an easy game. Uh, they've shown themselves to, you know, maybe have an indifferent start. They've obviously had some good and bad results so far. It's never an easy game, though, up against Palace. Never an easy game. It is at home, though. Last time uh, Spurs uh, were at home, they did lose to to Newcastle. A few demons uh, to get rid of there, Rick? Yeah, most certainly. I mean, listen, Crystal Palace are a team that they've shown themselves that they can beat anybody on their day. And Spurs have still got the issue, I think, with the new stadium where they're still finding their surroundings in it. They've lost a couple of games there. It hasn't gone to plan, I don't think, because we wanted it to be a fortress this season. And the issue you've got is, like, Palace will come and do the same thing. They'll take 11 behind the ball as they break us down. And Palace have got players that can really, really hurt you on the counter-attack. And similar to Newcastle, the first goal is going to be so important in this game. And if Palace get it, then, of course, I'm going to be incredibly worried. How do you think Palace should actually approach this game? You mentioned that you probably think that Palace will probably they'll play on the counter. Um, do you think they should do that or do you think they should go more at Tottenham and make them uncomfortable? Well, Palace have got very good players. I think Roy Holton would be silly to go gun-ho against the Spurs side with the quality they've got and Harry Kane on international duty banging in the goals. It looks like he's just coming to form at the perfect time for Spurs. But at the same time, you would say at the moment Tottenham don't really know their best eleven. Their defence is still not in, a, in the greatest of situations at the moment. We don't know who our who our left-back and right-back are going to be at the weekend. You know, Danny Rose hasn't had a great start. Carl Walker-Peters, he's, he looked OK in that opening game against Aston Villa, but then struggled against City. So it's going to be really, really tricky, to be honest with you, to sit here and say 100% um, what Spurs' starting team is going to be. But from a Palace perspective, I think you will set up to play on the counter. And similar to Newcastle, if you get that first goal, then Palace have shown themselves to be strong enough to defend Leeds in the past. So it won't be an easy game at all. 
How worried are you about Wilf this year compared to last <laughs> season, to other seasons? Yeah, I mean, Wilfred Zaha is a, is a wonderful player. I mean, I, I wasn't, I've got a few I was surprised that he did remain at the club this summer. I think Wilf seemed to indicate he wanted to leave. I think it was pointing towards him leaving, but Roy Hodgson didn't let him allow him to go. And I think the great thing you have with Zaha is that when that winner does shut, he does manage to recapture his best form, get his head down and work. So, fingers crossed. Um, for you, for you, you can do that. For us, we hope you have an off day. But he's a, he's a wonderful player, Zaha. And he's a player that I think has got the ability to change a game in a matter of a moment. And you guys are that more better than me because you watch him every single week, every single game. That's an interesting point you make about him, actually. It's, it's not the first time that there's been interest. And his, his form has actually really, really dipped. I remember the first time he was being sort of banded around for playing for England before he played for the Ivory Coast. His form really, really did go downhill. Um, Jordan Ayew, he's our danger man, mate. He is holding on to the ball so well. Um, how how well set up are you if we if we do play a front front three? Because what I've noticed is we've been a lot more fluid. We've even had Kuwati against Villa filling the left wing position while somebody else dropped back. Are, you, are Spurs capable of playing against such a Barcelona type kind of approach? Well, listen, this first team have faced all different challenges under Maurizio Pochettino, especially in the Champions League last season. They were, you know, adapting to all different types of formations. And with Spurs' team, they have got the ability to change the formation during the game. You know, I think that's one thing Maurizio does love to do with his teams. He loves to change them up. He loves to interchange throughout the game. And he's got the players that are to do that. Uh, but I've got to be honest with you, I'm not going into the game massively, massively confident because Spurs aren't on what I would call the greatest run of form. And alongside that, you know, we've lost... You know, a key player, but what we want to see now for a run coming up where there were some winnable games with Tottenham and Giovanni Luchel. So it's a massive blow that he's out injured because you would like to think he may have started that game at the weekend against yourself. So with that being the case, there will be an opportunity for other players to come to the forefront. But yeah, disappointing that obviously he's not going to be available for the game. Uh, Rick, I just want to quickly ask, England are 5-1 up against Kosovo. <laughs> Is there a small part of you that Sam, please, Gareth Southgate, Get take Harry, Harry Kane, Kane off, off the pitch? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do, do want... off, What's he doing on there? What's he well, doing on there now? Yeah, I did think, you know, the oh game, no disrespect to Kosovo, but you'd like to think no. the game is won. You, you know, big game on the weekend. We do turn our attention to that game on a weekend. Rick, uh, this is the Palace fan show, not the Spurs fan show. So remember your <laughs> remember your surroundings Sorry, when I ask Sorry, you this Dad. question. Uh, score prediction on the weekend. Be careful, Rick. That's all, uh, just a fair <laughs> warning. Yeah, they feel lovely lads. I'm going to go for 3-1 Spurs. I, I do back us to get back on the winning run. And boy, God, do we need to do so. There's some really winnable games coming up for Spurs now. And hopefully it starts with Palace at the weekend. Sorry, well, chaps. You're lucky you didn't say four or five because I would have left some prawns in here for when you do your show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers, pal. Rick, 3-1 will take your prediction. Always a pleasure to speak to you. We look Thanks, forward to man. hearing the last word on Spurs on Thursday. Thank you, Ricky. Ricky Sacks there. Last word on Spurs. The Spurs fan show, 7-9 every Thursday. He says 3-1. Of course he would. Spurs, they are at home. I'm assuming you two are going to go different. Nick, we'll start with you. How do you think the game will play out and what is your score prediction for the weekend? Well, my first name on the, on the team sheet is going to be Kuarte because I think he was essential against Villa when he was... Not only does he carry and defend, de- defend the ball in front of the defence, but he's getting much better at carrying the ball forward and picking out passes. And he seems to be the glue that's holding them together. Um... I'll be happy with a one all. The way things are going, I think we could sneak it 2-1. Well, sneak it 2-1. Before we get 
Diaz hmm. prediction. Kosovo, uh, just as maybe uh, I got ahead of myself, I said take <laughs> Harry Kane off. I know Ricky would want that. Uh, I said the game was all but one. Well, I said it was one. Kosovo have uh, scored and they've made it 5-2. Still England with the free goal cushion. But things may be slightly interesting that. Definitely onside. We're not, VAR is not in use, uh, we don't think, in the European qualifiers. But it is 5-2. Uh, England, again, that defending may be showing where they are weak in this tournament. But it is 5-2. DR, Spurs this weekend. Nick wants 1-1. He thinks could snatch a 2-1. Where do you stand on the game? I think this game helps us out a lot. Like it's in our, It works in our favour. Playing against a top six side away from home. And the way that we've set up so far against United and Aston Villa, um, I assume that Roy wouldn't make any changes and will hit them on a counter-attack. And I think it'll, I think it'll work in our favour. I'm actually... Oddly enough, I'm confident. I'm more confident playing Tottenham away from home than I am is playing Aston Villa at home. Is that because you're going, I've seen what we can do when we played United away rather than I've seen what we've done when we played Sheffield United yeah. away? Is, it, is there an it's, element that Palace motivate themselves for the, for the bigger games? I, I don't think it's motivation. I just think tactically the way that we're set up. Um, and it's just not United away from home. It's what happened last season, City away from home and how we set up. We just set up the same way. And... I could see us getting a result from there if we do defend as a team, which we have done in these two Premier League games. Um, so, yeah, I could see it being uh, 2-1 um, Palace, oddly enough. It sounds crazy, but yeah, I could see it happening. It doesn't sound crazy. What does sound crazy is the, the belief from you two has completely changed from a few weeks ago. You know, after the don't Sheffield worry, game. We'll don't worry, next week we'll, <laughs> we'll be like, back. we'll lose a 4 we'll come back. Well, we're, we're asking, is it sustainable? It's a massive game on the weekend. You obviously missed football. Bearing in mind whatever happens on the weekend, are you gonna? Is there a small part, maybe? Ah, oh, the international break. Would would any blame be pointed on that, Nick? Because you would no, because it's it's kind of the same for both teams. You'd you'd want them to think they'll be raring to go. We've had a few more players training for this game than Tottenham have had training for this game. So you know, getting the game plan, working things out, going through things. Um, yeah, it's it's a pain the international break, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, you, you've just got to just got to deal with it, and I think Tottenham. I think this is the worst time for Tottenham to be playing us, because they they they'd have had a week off. They wouldn't have had you know. They they lose they lose a bit, especially if you've got players like Kane and Danny Rose playing in a different system. Okay, I know they're professionals and they should be doing all this, but. It's got to take it out of them, surely. Well, there you have I, it. Crystal Palace. Sorry, D, I'll go on. Yeah, I think it could work against us as well in a way, which was Pochettino. He's a masterclass. He could work things out in the training ground this week. And, you know. But you yeah. are both feeling positive. Yeah. You said 1-1, but could be 2-1. DR said 2-1. Maybe this is the bad time for Spurs to play Crystal Palace. They've had more time to work on the game. They're hoping for a win. They're confident of the win. Another famous away win at a, a top six side. This has been the Crystal Palace Fan Show with the back end of this podcast. We shall see See you next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.